We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy December. I don't know how we got here already, but here we are. Or anybody that was holding out on, on putting up Christmas decorations, I think now it is officially okay to do it because it is now December 1st. We've got a few NBA topics to get into. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Enjoying the warm weather there in Florida. <laughs> Not so much for, for me, but, yeah, but Keith is, is nice and nice and warm in the, in the Florida sun. Yeah, it's uh, going to be in the 80s here. It probably is in the 80s right now as we record this. So, yeah, we're still uh, hanging on to the tail end of summer here. <laughs> it's December and it's still summertime <laughs> yep. in, in Florida. Uh, Keith, let, let's get into our first topic of the day and let's talk about your team, the Boston Celtics, giving an extension to Al Horford. Uh, what's What's going on here? What does this extension mean for the Celtics? Is this a good move? All of that. Yeah, so Horford was in the final year of his contract, that four-year, $109 million deal he signed with Philadelphia in 2019. Uh, obviously, one year with Philly, traded Oklahoma City, played a half a season for They shut him down, then they traded him to Boston, and essentially it was, a, hey, you take our bad contract, we'll take yours, mm-hmm. uh, as they swapped Kemba Walker. But then Al Horford played great last year, helped get uh, Boston to the finals. And now they're uh, going to keep the, the good, good times rolling. He was guaranteed 19.5 million uh, of the 26.5 million he was going to make this year. That will now become fully guaranteed. That was going to happen anyway. We, we all knew that. Um, but now he's going to add two years and 20 million on. And what's, what was funny was the reaction from a few people I saw online initially like 20 million is too much for Al Horford. Then people were like, no, it's 20 million total over, over two, two years. years. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, that's great. I love it. You know, this is you know, really good. And that I think is kind of the right approach to take with this. It's it's mm-hmm. less than the MLE. It's exactly. 10 million a year for him. So I think, uh, you know, this is a really good, solid deal for uh Horford and the uh, Celtics, I think, you know, they, they get to keep a guy who he's still going to be worth 10 million for the next two seasons after this one. And if he plays like he's playing this year, he's going to be worth way more than that. Do you know what Al Horford's shooting from three? Uh, I happen to be be looking at it right right (laughs) now. So yes, I do know he's shooting 49% from three right now on 4.4 attempts per game, um, which is absolutely. That's with an 0 for seven game. Uh, mixed in there, which the you know twenty games into the season, that can still have a pretty massive, uh, uh, you know, impact. So yeah, he's mm-hmm. playing great. 
you know, it's uh, $10 million a year. Probably my guess is that's probably be about it for him. He'll probably retire at the end end of that. It'll be 38 turning 39 at the very end of, uh, of that extension. But I, I think this is really solid work. And another time, Brad Stevens, lock it up. Let's keep these guys under contract and let's keep, keep this thing moving. Yeah, and I mean, look, that's that's the kind of contract that is very movable as well. Should you ever decide to go that route, I do not believe that's why the this, this Celtics signed this contract. I think they do want to keep him. But just saying, should something appear a year from now, whatever, that's the kind of uh, deal that you could put into a bigger trade and then do something with. Uh, but like you said, I, I think that it's a pretty good gamble in terms of is he going to return value on that dollar amount it's a below mid-level exception deal so it's a below essentially league average deal and is he an above average big in the nba yes i think he is so i think you're getting value on that even accounting for the inevitable decline that comes with age so uh, i like the deal a lot i think it makes a lot of sense it keeps the team together and uh no problems with it whatsoever if it was 20 million a season then okay but that's not what happened here yeah yeah exactly i i thought they were going to settle somewhere in the 12 to 15 million range Mm -hmm. over somewhere. I I thought they might do like three years, 45 million, but most of the last year was non-guaranteed. So Boston could get out of it very easily. Uh, We've seen a lot of extensions signed like that. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, for example, that's what his uh, two-year extension with the Pistons was. It was mostly non-guaranteed in the second year of the extension. So we've seen that become a very popular thing that teams do. But uh, according to Adam Himmel, Bach of the Boston Globe. It's fully guaranteed he is going to get a trade bonus on top of it. So that's yeah. fine. You know, but my, my guess is this is just hey, we, we've got him locked in. He's a starter right now. Probably sometime within next year, maybe that second year, he moves into a backup role. He probably transitions into a 15 to 20 minute a night guy, but you're fine behind Robert Williams on the nights when Williams needs to sit. You play Horford a little bit more and you move forward. I I think the Celtics are well set up. And what's interesting is Brad Stevens approach to roster building as the leader of the team's front office is one that is very much a coach mindset of let's lock guys up that we like guys who fit and let's keep them and eliminate those questions, potential distractions. Let's just, Mm -hmm. just go. Now what sometimes we see um, coaches make win now moves. um, What would, when they take over the front office responsibility, because that's the coach mindset, right? Give me everybody I can have right now to win games. Right. But I think Stevens has made the decision of, hey, we like what we have. Let's lock into it. And they, despite the fact that they have all these guys now signed long term, because not only is this Tatum on an extension, Williams, Smart, uh, Horford on an extension, Jalen Brown's got a year left, but he's he's extension eligible, but doesn't make sense. If you want to read more about that, just look on Spot Track. You can see I broke everything down, why Jalen Brown should wait to sign an extension, uh, just because it doesn't make sense for him. But uh, Stevens also traded for Derek White on a long-term deal. Malcolm Brogdon on a long-term deal. Obviously, he he wants continuity, you know, with, with the guys and feels good about the guys he has on the roster now. So, moving, and I think it's a really smart move uh, to avoid letting. Don't let any kind of distractions creep in. They have one pending free agent now of no, and that's Grant Williams. And we'll see what that looks like. And he's a restricted guy this this coming summer. Yeah, I mean, everything's been been going according to plan so far this season for the, the Boston Celtics. And this is just another uh another step in that direction where they're keeping this team together and, and doing the right thing here, I think, with Al Horford. Uh let's jump over to a former Celtic and now a former Laker as well. Uh the Lakers waved Matt Ryan. Before we get into the logistics of the move, did, 
Did you have a problem with the timing of this, that it, it came out, it, it dropped? It was a little Frank Vogel-esque. It <laughs> dropped it right after a big win for the Lakers over the, the Blazers, feel-good moment. And uh, and then they, they announced that they waved Matt. I don't even know if he was out of the locker room when this came out. Yeah, that's the part I don't necessarily like. I don't mind doing it the same night or whatever. I just, mm -hmm. it feels a little awkward to me when it's like, is the guy still in the facility? And he obviously was because can't remember who it was, but it was one of the reporters that covers the Lakers said he talked to him and yeah. he said Matt Ryan was aware of his, his release, but they didn't have any further comment. Um, I mean, it's fine. I, I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it. It's, you know, what's the difference between now or being woken up? you know, this morning at 9 a.m. and told, you know, hey, we're waving you. Like, and, and they're flying out to Milwaukee this morning. Yeah, that exactly. was also a fact. Yeah. Now, I would question is, do you have a plan for this roster spot today, tomorrow? Because, I mean, I get it. You're going to save a little bit of money here because mm -hmm. you, you 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 bounce them and the, saves you some money and they're in the tax. So we understand all those you know, ramifications behind it. But just given their injury history i don't know that i'd really want to be sitting on an open roster spot right now and you've got a couple other wings that are out uh troy brown and lonnie walker i know those aren't considered to be long-term things but yeah but overall no no problem with it it's i could kind of see the writing on the wall he had that fun start with the lakers mm -hmm. where he, you know hit some shots a couple games in and then you know, he's basically disappeared to the, you know, absolute depths of the rotation. So, and you've got your two-way guys if you really need to pull people up. Right. And when I'm looking at this, it so uh, people are quick to say, oh, why did the Lakers announce this? Well, they didn't. Shams did. Yeah. Um, the question becomes then, how did Shams get that in? Was it from the Lakers? If that's the case, then there's plenty of blame to go there. But was it from, was it from an agent? Was it from someone else? You know, like that's, that's, you know, the Lakers didn't officially announce that he was being waived. It came out from Shams Tarania. Um, and that's uh, similar to what happened with, with Frank Vogel. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lakers just won a game. They finally felt good to finish the season. <laughs> and then they, he gets asked the question in the presser about being let go. And then he has to deal with that. That situation was not, uh, not a good look. But again, that wasn't the Lakers announcing that. Maybe it did come from within the Lakers, but we don't know that for sure. Um, so that's a, a distinction to make there. Uh, other than that, they're heading off on a road trip, a six-game road trip. But the word was that what the, the reason why they're doing this is so they can start exploring trades on December 15th. I kind of see what you're saying, though. Like, is it that important that you not bring him on this road trip and mm -hmm. not make him travel with the team that you are going to leave yourself potentially a little bit thin if you do have injuries? Yeah. I don't know if, if that's necessarily the right decision. Um you would be paying that salary for the entire time. You would also be incurring the luxury tax penalties on that salary for the entire time as well. But to me, if you're the Lakers and you're one of the most valuable sports franchises in the world, that shouldn't be a factor in your decision-making. It should be, can this player help the team or, or not? Is this someone we might actually need to put into a game? Maybe the answer is still no. And the answer was just, you know what? We're going to play Max Christie ahead of him. We're going to play Juan Toscano Anderson ahead of him, whoever else. Yeah. Uh, although these other guys that are kind of deep on the bench are going to get minutes anyway. So we just really don't have a spot for him. That could be a factor. It could be trying to give him more time to find a new destination. That could be a factor as well. But bottom line, it sounds like the Lakers are going to leave this spot open and then try to do something as of December 15th. Maybe they already have something in mind. We don't know. Yeah, and they could. And the reality is nothing is stopping the Lakers or Matt Ryan if they get a game into this road trip and have sure. five sprained ankles in the same game of saying, hey, can you come back? Sure. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, there's, you know, nothing stops you from doing that. So I, that part is a little, you know, it, it is a little odd, you know, that you do it now. I mean, I would have totally got it if this was like December 12th or 13th. And it yeah. was like, I right, want to have the roster spot clear. We want them to clear waivers by the time you know, were ready to make a move or something like that. But yeah, because I instantly saw, right, anytime a team opens a roster spot, the speculation immediately goes, oh, is a trade coming? Are we signing yeah. somebody? You know, what, what are we doing? I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just, ah, we're not going to play him. Let's save some money and, you know, keep it, you know, keep, keep things moving. Maybe he's just a really bad traveler. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like be. like he, he's just a terrible traveling companion yeah. and the team was just like, ah, oh, you know what? We don't you want know. to go with it. Maybe, maybe he's, maybe he's like a great card player and he's taking oh, like that's... money and they're like, oh, we can't have this. We, we can't <laughs> have the guys on this long you know, flight losing all their money to Matt Ryan and being like, oh, all right, I guess we're all out of luck. And I misspoke. I, I should have, and I appreciate you, you know, for being a nice guy not correcting me i i forgot cole swider is is still hurt so he's he's not ready to play yet so but that's the other thing right it would make sense right if sure if it was like oh you've kind of got the the same thing as on a two-way contract as a shooter there but yeah my guess is matt ryan probably pops back to the lakers g league team and that's you know where they go from here but we'll see is it is it a, a bad sign though for Matt Ryan if a team like the Lakers that needs shooting so badly is waving him? Like he's, or is that, or is that just a bad sign for the Lakers' decision making? I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, could be either way. I mean, clearly they couldn't find a way to get him on the floor, and sometimes you know, if all you can do is shoot, and teams don't trust you to defend or hold your own or do anything else, that can be tough. Um, to to you know, you better shoot it at an absolute elite, elite, elite level, uh, mm -hmm. if you're gonna play. And and if he isn't, then he isn't, and it is what it is. All right, uh, some good news now confirmed. Chris Middleton will be back. Uh, tomorrow, uh, just in time to take on my my Lakers. I would imagine they're going to ease him back into the rotation, but this is big for, for the Milwaukee Bucks to get him back. We discussed it a little bit yesterday, but now we've got confirmation he will indeed make his season debut tomorrow um, against the Lakers. Uh, great to see the Bucks get back to full strength, and then, uh, or, or at least pretty close to it, and then they can kind of go from there and develop a bit of a rhythm and, and work him back in. Um, I also, you know, not to. Not to disparage my Lakers at all, but this is also probably a kind of game where they can afford to ease him into the rotation and and be just fine and not have to throw him right into the deep deep end and say it's not like it's Christmas Day against the Celtics mm -hmm. and your Chris Middleton's making his debut and he's tasked with you know defending Jason Tatum all game or, or something like that or making yeah. some big plays down the stretch. This is a game where I think the Bucks will be just fine with or without Chris Middleton, and then that gives him the opportunity to come in. Just get his legs under him, get the reps in, and then go from there. Yeah, exactly. My, my guess is it's probably going to be 20, 25 minutes a night, mm -hmm. uh, probably for the first week or so for Chris Middleton. And then, then eventually he'll ramp back up into his normal, you know, 30 plus minutes and we'll, we'll see him. My, my guess is it's kind of with the idea for the Bucks is, hey, let's try to get him up to full strength by the time we hit the holidays first of the year. He's playing his full load and we, we go from there. Uh, hey, other good news. We didn't put this on the show notes. Mm -hmm. But Orlando got a couple guards back. Marco hey, and Cole Anthony both played uh, yesterday. Um, Cole Anthony was on a 15 minute limit, uh, minute limit, which is very, very low. That is low. Um, and then he proceeded to get three fouls in like the first minute he was on the floor. <laughs> and I love Jamal Mosley. It was like, I just play through it because you're you're only playing minimal limit minutes anyway. So, uh, but he he looked okay. Marco Fultz looked looked pretty good in his first action of the year. So you know that's it's. 
in the grand scheme of things, this means nothing as far as wins and losses go for the Magic. Uh, they're already you know, out of it. I wrote for SB Nation. If anybody's interested, I checked in on all the teams uh, that are kind of in the race for Victor Wembanyama. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about that yesterday. But with Orlando, what the important thing is the rest of this season is get the guys healthy so we can start to see who fits, how they fit, who works, what can be your roster uh, moving forward. Cause that, that's, what's important here. You got to start putting these pieces together as you do get ready to eventually start winning games. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's going to be key for Orlando as well as a handful of other teams. Keith, we go from a packed NBA slate last night. <laughs> one, one, one game tonight. Well, at least your Patriots are playing tonight. So that frees you up. Uh, yeah. A little bit, but um, but one NBA game is this yeah. is odd. My fantasy team does not like this. <laughs> Detroit and Dallas, yeah, it's uh, not not even the uh, best game. But as somebody astutely pointed out on Twitter, the last time Detroit played on a one game slate, it was uh, against the Orlando Magic and Sadiq Bay uh, went wild. I think he scored fifty one points. Mm. So you know who who knows? Maybe, maybe Luca Luca puts on a show or something. But I uh, I can say with all confidence, I will be watching the Patriots game probably in full uh, this evening. So Keith says, smash the over on Sadiq Bay tonight. That's maybe. that's that's yeah, the yeah. the prediction yeah. here. Uh, but yes, the, the is this just the NBA doesn't want to go up against Thursday night football? But I mean, it's over yeah. on Amazon Prime. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's know. a little weird, but it's been the Thursdays have been light. TNT is not doing Thursday games uh, right now. All the TNT games are on Tuesdays. So what you have is uh, semi-light Tuesdays because they're trying to keep those fairly exclusive for TNT. But then that's turning into very light Thursdays. Now, last week, obviously, nobody played Thursday because the NBA mm-hmm. always takes Thanksgiving Day off. But yeah, you, you have this weird schedule. You have 13 games last night, and I want to say it's like 11 or 12 games on Saturday. So we're we're, we're in, into these weird periods. What also is funny to me, though, like this Sunday, I believe, uh, no, I apologize. I was off. But there's a Sunday coming up where there's like a bunch of games, like, like, like afternoon games. And it's like, You'll go against the NFL on the Sunday in the middle of the day, but like a Thursday night, it's like can't have more than just one game. Like, I don't know. It's a little weird. It, it seems a little odd to me. I'll tell you, you know, I, and I don't, uh, we do have a, a shorter show today, so I don't want to run too long, but I think it's going to be really interesting. And this is something we'll talk about more as we get closer to it. Uh, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on what happens to the NFL's numbers on Christmas Day. <laughs> Does the NFL go, hmm, we kind of like this playing on Christmas thing? Yeah. And not just seeding the day to the to the NBA. I think the NBA needs to be a little bit concerned about that potentially I, happening. I completely agree. I think anytime you see uh, Christmas fall on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe even Monday, the NFL is going to load up the schedule with games on Christmas. I think if it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it becomes a little too difficult because that starts to throw a lot of things out of whack. But I think you're, we're going to see them. You know, probably. Blah, Probably make it look a little if it's a Saturday or Sunday, it'll probably be a good full day of football for them because you're also clear of college football by that yeah. point. The regular season's over for them. Um, but if it's a Friday or a Monday, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them do like uh like what they do on Thanksgiving, where they do the triple header three games and then you know, then then the NBA's got got some competition on today that has been for years and years and years almost to to themselves. It used to be the NFL only really played, you know, once every what is it, five, six, seven years when yeah. it would fall 
uh, on a weekend day. So yeah, little little, little interesting there. Uh, last thing, just schedule note. Um, Shams noted that the league uh, told the teams uh, yesterday. He put a tweet out about uh, what will be the start and end dates of next season. So I believe it was October twenty fourth, and then I want to say it was like April nineteenth, but don't. Well, me and then you look at on, on his Twitter timeline. Um, but he also said um, teams will initially be scheduled 80 games uh, because if, if in assuming the play, uh, it, not playing, but an in season tournament is approved, um, there'll be, you know, uh, only 80 games scheduled and then everything will be made up from there um, after the, those are, are scheduled out. So, so we'll see what that, that looks like. But just, you know, more and more changes coming to, to the NBA calendar. Uh, just for just for clarification, yes, the October twenty fourth is indeed the start date. April fourteenth would be the okay. would be the ending of this, which is which is pretty normal. Basically, that, yeah, yeah, right. That's not a, a surprise. But that eighty game with the in season tournament will be interesting to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. All right, that wraps things up for today. Make sure you are subscribing to the NBA Front Office Show over on our YouTube channel. Of course, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.